0: Go ahead and open up your ears, your mind, and whatever else you need. You're listening to Talk Dirty to Me.
1: Oh, hello, all you sexy beasts out there. Welcome back to Talk Dirty to Me, the podcast where four different friends with four different perspectives on sex, kink, and fetish talk dirty to one another. Uh, we have a very exciting show to give to you today, but before we do that, I'm going to introduce our four hosts. We have myself, Casey Sammy E. We have Stephanie Slayton, Sarah Marie Curry, and Tosin Awu Fesso. Hey, yo. And Hiya, our super special show today is that we have a guest for you. We have Phoenix Rhodes on the <gasps> podcast today. Say hello, Phoenix.
2: Hey. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank of you for being here
1: Many of us on this podcast know Phoenix. So we're very excited to have her. She has um a very similar story to Stephanie in that uh she was brought up very religious. Is that correct, Venus? Phoenix? Phoenix yeah, very
2: much. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> whatever you want. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs>
1: oh venus it's like i just called uh anyways it wasn't venus it wasn't penis it was right in the middle
3: anyways
1: (laughs) on brand on brand
0: space genitalia that's what it is
3: wait isn't there a name for that isn't that like the smegma no that's wrong it's uh (laughs) that's also incorrect it's uh taint is that right I don't think you know what you're talking
4: about and you are outing yourself. What's
3: the what's the thing called in between the butthole and the vagina hole? Taint. The taint? Yeah. Uh That's what I'm talking about. but why?
0: We we went from Phoenix to Taint so fast. So incredibly fast. You're welcome.
3: I don't (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know. Okay, we're just
1: going <laughs> to take a hard left off of that conversation. And where were we? Phoenix. Hi. Uh, what religion were you brought up in?
2: Uh, I was brought up in evangelical
0: Christianity. Okay, so whoop, so whoop.
1: much <laughs> like Stephanie Tosin, were you also brought up evangelical?
0: Yeah, Southern Baptist coaching mm. evangelical. Oh, yeah, yeah i was brought up much more pentecostal than stephanie was
3: what okay. is can you explain for the uh non-christian in the room what you're what's the different what's the diff? what's the diff
2: yeah okay um so i know stephanie personally and i know kind of how she was brought up and they don't dive so much into like Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, kind of that vibe. Um, and what I was brought up in was very much like Holy Ghost, people falling out in the spirit, more physical in church, physical manifestations, if you will,
0: of uh, the Holy Spirit moving.
3: Oh, cool! Have mm-hmm. you ever
0: seen mm-hmm. have you ever seen memes or church jokes about being like? you're healed in the Holy Spirit and people running around and shaking and stuff. Sure. And
3: sure. Okay.
2: And Kojic, you get that. Yeah.
1: Sweet. Sweet. So how did that affect, um, you, how did that affect you as an adult when it comes to sex and sexuality and being mm-hmm. a woman? Uh, okay, basically so- what is, what is your story? Can you tell us your story? I, I know you have a really good story. I'm trying to figure out how to ask the right questions to get to it.
2: <laughs> I, will, I will try. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, obviously being brought up the way I was, I was taught purity culture. I was given a promise ring when I was 13 years old from my parents. The only sex talk I had was don't do it. And given a ring to wear on my wedding finger. Uh, did they even promising. tell you how,
1: like, did they tell you about sex? Like what it was? And Nope. Nope. They just told you not to do it. So they didn't really tell you what not to do. They just told you not to do it.
2: Just don't do it. They just, they had.
1: It's very spring awakening.
2: Faith that I knew what don't do it meant. Um, But yeah, no, literally like no talking about it. um, Other than just don't. And so, you know, like at 13, I'm given the ring. I'm told not to do it. All I know is all, you know, I grew up a pastor's kid as well. Like all pastor's kids got pregnant. All pastor's kids just... You're going to get caught. You're going to get this, and um, I have a sibling I saw kind of get caught in that, and it affected my parents. Um, Wait,
3: all pastors' kids get pregnant? Well,
5: I'm sorry, it's that's of, a- it's known in the church. I, I knew what she, I knew what she meant as soon as she said it. But if you if you if you did not grow up going to church, every pastor I ever had, their children were like, uh, I guess problem child is the wrong thing to say because I can only imagine what it was like to be a pastor's kid but i think when all eyes are on you at all times it seems to be that those kids tend to act out more. i see
3: i see
2: and i feel like in the same sense the the parents of those kids feel like oh but my children just know so like me i'm just given a ring and told don't do it and they're just assuming that i'm just I'm not even going to get anywhere close to that. I don't need to know what don't do it means because I'm just, that's just so far from what I would ever do. And I feel like but that's the why idea I,
1: That it will never just creep into your, like this whole aspect of humanity and being a person will just, it, it'll orbit around you, but it'll never get close to you.
2: Yeah. And so I think a lot of, especially females in that position find themselves pregnant because they were never told how to not get pregnant They were never told what gets you pregnant, how it works. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So yeah, so uh, that was me. Purity culture, thick and through Um, Bible college, all the whole nine, like all of it. Um, And I, I know I've mentioned this to some of the ladies in the group, but I um, literally didn't know women could orgasm until I was 17 and I was in theater in my high school and I was, we were in the black box theater and I remember sitting there and these girls were talking about masturbating and orgasming. And I'm just like, turning inward because i just am like be cool don't just be cool just listen oh my god just what's happening (laughs) like i had no idea i'd always been told in the church world men are sexual creatures men have this problem men can't control it men have to release it men masturbate i had never been told women could even masturbate slash women could even have an orc like
1: climate At seventeen, you hadn't had any like urges of your own. Um, I
2: like I had kissed boys at that point. I had messed around some at that point, but I didn't. I didn't know that
5: there was a finish line. Yeah, yeah. I just am like, this feels good.
2: Things feel tingly down below, but I didn't know we could have a finish line, if you will, or something to work towards or no. (sighs) Mind blown, which then I tried for years, like tried, really tried. And I had, God bless them. I, even looking back now, I had boys that tried and did well and tried and no. What
1: what was it that you think was keeping that from happening?
2: I think a lot of it it was really deep, internalized, like Tear? trauma and fear and um again, in the evangelical world, you're told like you save yourself for marriage, right? So even messing around, like there's a part of you when you're brought up in that world that even though like you're into it and you're like shut up that side no i don't mm. it's so deep and and sexuality especially for women is is so much more mental i think than for, for some people not everyone i don't want to put that on everyone but i think for a lot of women it's it's more mental than men maybe and again i am just learning in this journey and tell me i'm wrong but um it, it just I don't know. I, I, I I, want to say I have now. I I don't.
3: (laughs) When did you, when did you lose your virginity? Was it before marriage? Kind of. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, yes, is the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and geez, the only person I've ever told my husband this,
3: um, and also you don't have to, you can be like, Whoa, too spicy. No.
2: Um, well, it's, I, I didn't think this would come up. I do really want to, as anonymously as I can, share my journey because I, I know there's so many girls in my, um, from my world.
3: Phoenix, when you lose your vagina, virginity? <laughs> I lost my
2: virginity. <laughs> um. Uh. So technically, I was twenty. Um, and it was with a guy that I really trusted. He was a really good friend. Um, but I got so, so drunk, so, so drunk. And I did myself, um, cause I had gotten to the place where I was like, this is ridiculous. Like on one side, I wanted to do this, but on the other side, I was like, you can't do this. Right. Because of how conditioned I was of like growing up the way I did. And so I got myself so drunk with someone I trusted so much, who was just such a gentleman and so wonderful. But I, I get, it's hard to explain where I know I said, yes, I know I consented. I know it happened. I woke up the next morning knowing it happened, but I think my mind, and I know my mind blocked out a lot of it. Hmm. I like, I have little flashbacks of it. I like, again, no, I consented a hundred percent. He did not take advantage of me. I went in knowing I wanted to do this <laughs> in a safe environment with someone I trusted. Um, but my mind, because I and I do feel like it's from the trauma of growing up the way I did, kind of blacked it out. And I woke up the next morning knowing it had happened, knowing I said yes, but didn't remember tons of it.
1: Did you, know that, was... did you know that you, did you get drunk because you knew you were going to do this? Mm-hmm. And did he know that you guys were going to do this? Um, no,
2: um, okay. I he was a close friend, if you will, kind of a you know just a a safe when we were single would you know make out and stuff kind of friend and um, a fellow pastor's kid and um, a fellow just uh, very respe- he I just I trusted him and I and I knew if I had, he had always been waiting for me to say yes and would have. Loved for me to have said yes many times before, uh, so I knew all it, it took was me to be like, "Let's keep going," and that would have been it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Right, just, just for the other young men listening, I do want to make a clarification. This is—I'm glad that this wasn't traumatizing, um, and that like it's something that you wanted to do and go ahead and do. But, uh, gentlemen, that's still non-consensual, so don't do that. Don't even if they really want to be like, if you really want to, let's do this sober. Um, Yeah, pretty please.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they should always be sober because we're in a time and place now where that could get the dude in trouble. So,
2: you know, and this was over a decade ago at this point. And um, yeah, things have definitely shifted at this point. And and he even being a close friend, he even didn't believe that it was my first time. Until there was evidence throughout that it was my first time, if you know what I'm saying. Um, And even that, like he called me the next day and we had a lovely conversation and he was like, I would never have gone there knowing you were drunk had I not thought you had
4: done it before.
1: So he didn't, he he assumed you had done it before. It's not like you were like, no, it's my first time. And he was like, no, it's not.
2: Right. I didn't okay. say yeah and I should I'm I'm again I'm
1: I no <laughs> yeah. you what, like you did the best you could at the time there's no sh- I should have done something or I should have you like literally this is what you were capable of in the moment because it was a huge thing for you
2: yeah and I'm just like, like just I need to take this huge pressure and this huge scary whatever thing I've been told like I need to just I I just
1: yeah and so was this the first and only time that happened until you were married? Um
2: we quasi did it again another time again super oh. drunk. Uh and then the only other time I had like full intercourse. I mean I I did other things but what's up?
3: Wait, do you say quasi because you don't remember, or quasi, because it was like just the tip that great, game. yeah, that kind of
2: thing, yeah, like just
3: the tip, okay, but then
2: I pull it out and that's it, okay. We're not really <laughs> doing it, but like we kind of did it, but like you didn't, okay, but like no, <laughs> oh
0: man, mm-hmm. that's one of the one of the great gifts that uh Christianity has given to me is outer course, mm. God, God bless you,
4: church. Do you want to
2: okay. <laughs> know something funny? And even yes. my husband at this point he laughs about it, so when the first time I Um, you know, I'm alone with my now husband. I I told him because this was my role. I always said, one of us has to keep our pants on. You get to choose.
4: That's the the stuff.
2: Now they always would choose. They keep their pants on because you know. Um, but that was just always my role. And it that it it worked for me. Quote unquote, not really, but you know.
3: (laughs) So That's a whole fetish though, or a kink. I'm not really sure which word to use there of a man being fully clothed and a woman being fully naked. That's like a whole subgenre. Oh, Rosa. What? A subgenre. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's- subgenre.
2: I didn't know that. I still did. I'm learning this now. Yeah. For me, it was the, I can't have sex and I don't want to put myself in that position and it's really hard to have sex if someone has their pants on
3: well i wonder if it's i wonder if it's a chicken (laughs) or the egg situation like it it hits a lot of kink like vulnerability and like sub dom stuff but also i wonder like stephanie (laughs) posits that a lot of the the kinky fetish stuff comes from the bible in the first place anyway so maybe that maybe that Mm. subgenre kink got developed because there was a lovely lady one day that's like my pants are your pants and the gentleman was like, Oh, <laughs> y- your pants, you know? And then he was like, We oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the, the old Te- the old testament is just a just a fake movie.
5: <gasps> yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. It super is.
5: <laughs> like 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 triple X rated porno movie. Song yeah. if of Solomon. If, if, if they were to like take the old testament and turn it into a series
2: Christians wouldn't watch it.
5: No, it wouldn't be watchable. Like, I wouldn't watch it because it would be so incredibly graphic and rapey and all of the things. Incesty. um, When you... uh, Phoenix, when you got with your now husband, was that a conversation that you guys had early on that, like, did he... He obviously probably didn't have the same issues. Did he grow up in the church like you did? Or did he understand where that came from? Okay.
2: He was very understanding, very understanding. But coming into it, I was even still so... um, I mean, I had lied about not being a virgin many times before. And I, at that point, technically wasn't. But also, I feel like kind of technically was because I never... Had a like a memorable. He'd never time, been like fully sober.
1: conscious yeah. and aware when it happened.
2: Yeah, and um, he was the first person I ever felt comfortable in. Like, really, just like it's a whole thing. Like to do that. Like, um, but when we first got together, I I told him I had had like two or three sexual partners. I can't remember at this point. At this point, now in our relationship, I've since quote unquote come clean and been like totally lied to you because I was so uncomfortable because you had been in a rock band and were the opposite of my journey. And, um, you know, and, and I had come across guys in the past who I had been honest about being like, Oh yeah, no, I'm a virgin. And like, they just run away. Like, no, nah. like I don't know what to do with that. I, you know,
1: so Yeah.
3: Did you have sex with him before you got married?
2: Yes.
4: Oh
3: yeah. When did you have your first orgasm?
1: With Oh him. yeah, when
3: Okay, hold on. How yeah, like how old I want- Wait, wait, wait. Let's, <laughs> let's do this fully. I want to what rewind for a minute. What day was it? What were you wearing? Was What'd Tuesday? you have for
1: breakfast?
3: She wasn't wearing anything. She had her pants off.
1: <laughs> but that is. No, <laughs> <kidding.
4: laughs> <I don't- laughs>
3: um, so you said you didn't know that
1: women could have orgasms until you were 17 when you heard other women over talking about it and you um, heard them. So how did you keep yourself from asking 10,000 questions in that moment? And did you go home and immediately start Googling?
2: Exactly. I was uh, in that moment was embarrassed and, um, didn't want to come out that I didn't know something like that. You know what I mean? Or didn't. And I also was like, I don't want to stop the conversation because I feel like I'm learning so much, just letting them talk. Like, I don't want to stop that conversation. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I, I basically went home and googled my life away, and and tried my damnedest. And did uh, you? You went
1: home and you were like, "I'm going to make this happen." For years, and even with
2: boys, I don't, I, I, uh, but I mean, I know everything goes in this podcast. So, um, yeah, oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, so you were unsuccessful masturbating as well.
2: Yes, but definitely was not comfortable buying anything to help me in that
5: yeah process very very relatable I I was the same way and it wasn't until I got with my now husband where he he took me to buy toys like and I was like in the store having a absolute nervous breakdown of shame
2: oh same (laughs) and my and my now husband knew me so well even early on in our relationship like, he took me, if this makes sense, to the Apple store of sex toys. Like, it was the most, like, modern, sleek, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> dildos weren't just laying around. There, It was, like, just, like, little pedestals with just, like, a toy on. Like, it was
3: the Where most. Is that store? Because I've never <laughs> been to the, like, the very tawdry, like, not, like, the one with the giant the, the penis. Yeah. And- I, like, I want to go to the Apple store of like, I want to j- walk in and have like a very nice woman be like, hello, I would
2: like to talk to you. Oh, it was the most amazing lesbian woman who was just what? like,
3: oh, not- I, I, I don't I know, even know. I'd have so to jealous. ask him
2: where it was. He, uh, he, he had Googled the shit out of this was like, I don't want to scare her. Let me take her to the most like, just palpable, (laughs) easy. And I go, and there's just one girl there. And she's just, so she was like, Hey, I'm just going to tell you, let me just talk. Let's just talk. Like she was so, everything was clean, modern sleek. There's no pictures anywhere. It was just, she was like, let me tell you what this does. I didn't speak a word (laughs) the whole time (laughs) to the point where we even left and didn't buy anything. And we get in the car and he goes, are you okay? And I just go, I just like <laughs> shake my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need a minute. Like I'm just, I, I didn't say anything. Cause it was just
1: this. It's <laughs> uh, amazing.
2: All I had been told growing up sexually from women in my life um, was from one woman who had waited a long time. She said, it's not really that great. And from another woman, um, she called it servicing her partner. Mm. Oh, oh my god and i knew from just feelings i had as a teenager encountering male interactions not sex but just touch and kissing and that i didn't
5: were these women so your your age or older No, older now? older <laughs> see and that's like where my heart i kind of figured that like that's where my heart like bleeds for uh, older generation women, like I, I, I know that like coming out or whatever you call it at my age felt like I was even more embarrassed that I waited so long. But I can only imagine, like I, th- you probably do get to a point where like the, that ship sails, or you feel as though that ship sails. So you get into your like forties, fifties, sixties, and you have these ultimate desires, whether it be a kink or not, just the just the desire to like enjoy sex with your partner. And, and I know that that is, I know that there's a large crowd out there of, of women, especially because it's relatable. Phoenix, what you're saying is relatable because I grew up in the church as well. And I remember hearing that from people. And I remember hearing it's like, just like a duty. And it's like, what you're supposed to do, and you get beautiful children out of it. And I was going, that's not what it looks like in the movies. It looks like it feels nice to both people. And my heart just goes out to that and makes me sad.
3: That's okay, Stephanie, because once they reach the age that they're in retirement homes, they are banging like crazy. That's true. That is
5: yeah. true. And my dad <laughs> ran assisted livings for a long time, and assisted livings have higher STD rates than the top college campuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> can Google that, folks. Because
3: those ladies are like, oh, I am going to fuck a lot and work Th- this, this is, out.
5: This and my dad would have. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. Well, like, my dad. you finishing have,
0: your
5: thing. My dad would have the children of the residents, so adult children come in and be like, "I do not want my mother um, having sex, rooming next to this man." And they're like, uh, "Well, we can't like tell her no. That's not how this works. Like, she still has full agency over herself. Like, like the kids were like more upset at their parents being promiscuous." And I think you do get to a certain age where you're just like, uh, I don't really know what happens after we die, no matter how much faith I have. And I just need to make sure I get one good sexual experience.
0: This, this is why <laughs> I think cuckolding is one of the like more wholesome um, kinks. Uh, just because I, 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 I had read like a sex story about it once and I've dabbled with writing a few myself that is like a lot of, The reason I know a lot about is a lot of cuckolding couples for people who don't know, that's like uh, a woman who is telling their man that they're not satisfying enough for them. So they're going to go find another person that they usually call a bull to to have sex with that woman who's called a hot wife. Right. So cuck's the, the actual husband who's not doing it well. Hot wife's the woman who's looking for something else. A bull's the guy that comes in and do that. That's generally in the porn sphere of black men. So that's why I, I get a lot of information about cucks and cuckolding and stuff.
5: Correct me if I'm wrong, but in a cuckold situation, the husband watches, yes?
0: Yeah, watches or... It, it, is in the it, room? The main, the main thing is being demeaned for not being sexually satisfying enough in whatever way that is. Uh,
2: uh-huh. Um, and Uh-huh. I'm so, sorry, but he, the husband gets off on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And and here's why I find it to be beautiful. In several situations, it's been a couple that met in the church they've gotten older and because the guy guys who grow up in the church who don't do the work to like become good at sex, don't get good at it. The women who probably married them and that's the only person they have had sex with have been like, I, you know, it's okay. Right. Um, (laughs) they get older, they meet people, people talk about it. They hear that like sex can be really amazing. They start swinging. They, or have an affair and like, they're like, I really enjoyed this. and, it becomes beautiful because the guy who's either like, you know, just at the age where he's not performing at that well, but really wants to see his wife be happy um, is like, yeah, go for it. And then it turns into this like secondary, like enjoyment for themselves of being like this. Now I'm able to please my wife, which is again, you grow up as a man in a church. That's the whole game. The the way that they tell women don't have sex and everything's your fault is the way that they tell men there's like, if your family and wife are not happy and provided for, you failed. And so a, a lot of cockling couples I get to are like, this is me succeeding and pleasing my wife finally. And it's really pretty um, uh-huh. when it's pretty. Sometimes it's racist, but most of the time it's pretty. Uh-huh. <laughs>
4: Whoa.
0: <laughs> but you also can't talk about you... it in the church.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah, you that's sure right. <laughs> and like, I remember, I, I feel like I do remember sermons in the church about, I mean, obviously they weren't graphic sexual sermons, but I, I know that like at my church, they talked about it as though it was important or an important thing. But again, we were never allowed to talk about it in youth group or to understand the ins and outs of any of it. So it just always felt like the blind leading the blind to me when they would have these, these conversations or these sermons because I thought it just watching my pastor walk around on stage I just knew as even a teenager that guy doesn't have sex he doesn't have good sex I mean you could just tell it was just a it wasn't because of how he looked or how he walked or how he dressed it was how he talked and how he just was not intelligent
1: anyway well you could hear the like fear and hesitance in his voice still from what he's been taught certainly right. certainly
5: certainly certainly certainly
0: we were talking about what happened what were you wearing all of that when you were um about to have sex and you and you said well this isn't an anything goes podcast and so we didn't get back to it i want to know well, what that's
2: that was <laughs> uh, w- uh w- Remind me, was it like my cognizant time having sex or not? Yeah, it was with
3: your husband, <laughs> your first time having sex with your husband. Yeah. Orgasm. I'm, I'm we were a- talking about orgasms. Yeah, we were talking. I think it was like maybe after the
5: sex shop, like after you guys went to the sex shop. I and then- had sex with him before I had an orgasm with him.
2: It was weird. It was, and I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it was.
3: It was like really tense and then an explosion. I had tried really
2: hard on my own, and I had guys that even looking back now that I have experienced it, they did all the, like, I don't know how it, you know what I mean? Like I had guys really do well at trying, if you will. Um, I, I don't know if it was this. Um, I knew he was my person kind of thing that um, even though we weren't married, being raised the way I was raised, finding my person, I was able to turn that wall down or take that, that, uh, open, unlock that door. Uh, I, maybe I, it was the I, act of being married. Oh, I wasn't married when I had my first argument. Oh, okay,
3: Maybe great. it was the act of actually telling him about your sexual
2: uh, At that point, past. I lied about it.
3: Oh, well, okay. He didn't know the truth about it. I, I think I can, I can kind of relate because I would tell
5: myself, Luke and I, we obviously had sex before we got married. I would tell myself well we're married in the eyes of God so it's okay like that's how I was able to kind of get get through it cuz I was like oh I'm not going to I'm not having sex with anyone else and and we're living together and like this is basically a marriage we just haven't gone in front of a church or signed a piece of paper like I remember that needing to be a, a thought process of mine to like feel good about what I was doing cuz I was yeah. so worried about the fact that we were not married i remember we met up with some friends of ours down the street who he like now works for and they were on a they were asking him to play softball with them and so Mm -hmm. i showed up and sat with the ladies at the um softball game and i knew they were all from church or from they all went to church together and they like were like oh so you are in lucre together and i was like yeah we're living in sin And it like (gasps) came out of my mouth, and like I saw their faces. I know, I know it. I like I cringe so hard when I when I think about it now because I it just was like. I knew they were in the church and I was like, I can't hide that I'm living with them. And so I was just like, We're living in sin. They're like, We don't. They were from a very cool church here in Austin. They're like, We don't think that's sin. Thin. And we all lived together before we got married. And I like went home and I like didn't speak because I was like, What church is that? Retired. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's yeah, yeah we're living in sin like what did like did you oh man like, i can't i can't see? even
5: look at my square of myself like,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes we're, <laughs> listen, we're living I, I, in
5: sin i taught
0: i taught true love weights camps Stop. i have i have i have oh done promise god. ring ceremonies okay
3: is it that your now husband is a sex god Like, I assume because he's he's a a rock star, he maybe he also, maybe he just, like, sex-godded through that boundary.
2: I I don't want to bring down his excellence, but I also (laughs) have been honest (laughs) with him at this point that, like, no, like, other guys, like, weren't bad. Like, they, they really, like... And, and, and I think this, now that I think about it, I think there are certain guys that this really comes back to a kink on. Of I was the one that they couldn't get
3: off. Ah, the white whale of the <laughs> orgasm. And I had
2: kind of one of my, like, first boyfriend sexual, like, we messed around. Even after he was married, he would text me and reach out. And he always, when he was in between relationships or going through a bad time, would reach out. And it was always, it, I always had this sense of I was the one that got away. Like I would, and he even in the moment would be like, I've never not made a girl finish. Like, like he told me that in the moment. Like I got, like he tried so hard. He did a great job. He tried really hard. But I think that was part of him always coming back to me.
1: So this has to make them finish attitude that men have is terrible. Yeah, it's so much pressure. Right. Yeah, you guys, you gotta stop. You <laughs> have to stop. A vagina can only take so much. Okay, I w-
5: I'm gonna. I'm gonna hop in real quick and say, please don't stop trying. Um, stop doing what you're doing because obviously that's not working. Read a book. Um,
3: learn anatomy and or figure women the speak body up. out. Yes, for women speak or up. Or stop just verbalizing like now you come. It's like. <laughs> stop having sex be about reaching an orgasm. I get the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, I get,
5: don't come yet. <laughs> I'm the guy <laughs> in a <our> relationship. <laughs> I,
0: I've been this guy. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I was like, have a perfect record guy. Um, just, it, it came from a different place for me. Uh, but then like, it, it has to be done. It was like, my self-worth was built up in that. Like, it was like my opportunities for being with women were small. And that, and I felt like if I was not successful, then when that's what I deem to be success, if I was not successful, they wouldn't talk to me anymore. And plus, that, that's what got me the attention. Like being growing up in the church, being the guy who was known for eating pussy was like, what? <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, <laughs> and, in the church, you were known for that?
0: It's OK. So this, I, 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 my church thing was similar. Your yeah, yeah, my, my <laughs> church upbringing is interesting. Right. So I went to youth groups that had what I like to call like confession dumping which was just a bunch of teenagers being horny, telling each other about how horny they were. Uh And then going to church camp together, locking them in rooms with each other and being horny again. (laughs) And then uh, preachers being like, don't be horny. And I'm like, but we're here. Horny. (laughs) And so, and then we're all making the adjustments that we make that are just like, okay, well, this doesn't count. Like God's not watching this type of thing. And my thing was just like, let me eat you out.
5: In the name of Jesus.
0: In the name of Jesus. It doesn't, it's not a sin if I don't come. Right. So, which is literally <laughs> what I told myself, um, which is now a kink of mine and or, or part of some, several of them. But back to the that whole finished mindset is like, yeah, one, I, a thing that has been very useful for me is not thinking that making someone orgasm is a, lang- is a single language. You're learning a new dialect with every person. right?
2: My husband so- calls it learning a new instrument. I yes. was really good at violin with my last relationship, and now I need to learn the clarinet
0: yes that is the that's Beautiful. better than mine because it's like you have you have a certain <laughs> set of skill sets that come with it because like that's perfect yeah like you know the basic you know what 12 notes to use but you got to play different melodies on every single one different timbre how many different. buttons
2: does this one have
3: different fingering
0: yeah. yeah. you you new embouchures new pressures new locations to put stuff
2: mouth positioning <laughs>
0: Yeah.
5: take <laughs> sure. this is metaphor. why the band kids are always so sexual. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, this this, uh, this is why I think musicians are good at sex in general mm-hmm. because they are constantly doing this dichotomy of physical details to emotions all the time. Everything they're doing musically is like I'm mm. constantly I have built into my fingers the like ability to do make and feel emotions, and I know it mathematically, scientifically, and emotionally all at once. Which is useful for making making the sex,
3: (laughs) making making the love sex.
2: But I I I I really want to share this story just because I feel like I wish other people knew this. Okay, so I am the senior. This is before I even knew women could orgasm, but I knew men did, and it's my job to dress appropriately and not be, you know, any kind of hardship on them. And I'm at church camp on the beach i'm in beach church camp in my one piece because we have to get our one pieces checked off before we go to beach camp
5: how old are you at beach camp
2: i would have been probably 14 and you have to get your one piece
5: swimsuit checked off
2: yeah wow we had to wear the equivalent of i'm an olympic swimmer (laughs) speedo cover all the things Mm -hmm. all of it not cute just and then boys just get to wear shorts and take their shirts off okay so i'm in the ocean i'm 14 i'm with one of our quote-unquote youth group leaders who's a senior in high school he's 18 but he's like respected as a leader in the youth group and we are like out in the waves with this boy from a different a different church from a totally different state And I'm just listening. And this boy is asking the leader in my youth group, who is also a teenager, but man, like, I really want to masturbate. Like, and I'm just listening. I'm just like, "Mm I'm just like frozen, like, be cool, be cool. And we're in the ocean. and, And the leader in my youth group said, man, it's totally natural. Do it as long as you are not lusting after anyone else, you just internalize it and make it a physical thing. It's okay. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the line. (laughs) That
2: is some, but that is something that 15 years, like 16, 17 years later, I struggle with because at such a pivotal point in my sexual journey, like early in my sexual journey and in my upbringing, I was like, Oh, okay. So like, if you have, if you, ma- I didn't, and at that point, I didn't know when they could masturbate, but when I did learn they could masturbate, I applied that to it. I was like, okay, try as hard as you can, but just internalize it. Just think about your feelings. You can't think <laughs> about someone else because then you're lusting. Then you're thinking of someone else's husband. Then you're sinning. If you just keep it as a turn your brain off thing, you'll be okay. It's not a sin. And that's something that I still, I am still, I've been in therapy, still am struggling to like turn off in my brain. My husband jokes, he's like, like he even jokes, he like tries to make things I could fantasize about. He's like, please, please fantasize about something. And I'm like, I would love to. That sounds great. And it's just really something I struggle with because that story hit me so hard at such a weird age in the environment I was brought up in.
3: Do you read erotica?
0: I was about to be like, I'm gonna have to write you a poem, Phoenix. (laughs)
3: Um, So (laughs) my, my first. All of us are going to send you so many uncomfortable things now.
2: As a teenager, my first experience of ever like feeling turned on was by myself reading erotica.
3: Okay. And...
2: I knew that was possible, right? So, like, that was great and lovely. And even then, like, I know that story to this day. Like, I know that first story. I was just going to ask, do you
5: remember what happened in the story? Do you want to say? You don't have to say.
2: I will. It's cool. I'm a random person.
5: Um, It was a
2: story (laughs) of girl breaks down on the side of the road guy comes to save her and again I'm a young teenager at this point guy comes to save her super consensual but also like kind of forceful forceful but like in like a consensual way and then you're doing it in the car Uh huh. okay Uh and that was like the first thing and like she was like into it the whole time but he took control and again growing up feeling like Um, I never knew anything and I had to always rely on the guys knowing things. The guy taking control was always what I relied on. Like, well, they're going to know what to do, right? He's not going to be a virgin when we get married. Well, they're going to teach me things. Well, they're going to,
3: they're going to take care of me. Yeah. 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 And something I've talked about with other Christian
5: friends of mine, one thing that we have in common is that our spouse? We've found ourselves in situations where, at one time or another, our spouses have, have said, "Like, I wish you would initiate sex mark. Mm-hmm. That's my my qualm. And for mm-hmm. me, I would the and it's certainly an idea of rejection is the fear there. But it's 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 because your whole childhood and growing up, all I've been all I was ever told is like. You do not call a boy boy. You certainly don't make the first move. You certainly you. you that was like something you just don't do for sheer of like. If you're horny, you if you shut that. it down. Yeah. You yes. shut it
2: down. You don't go yes. ask for sex. You right. shut it down because you have to, because you have to be the virgin. The boy doesn't, but you have right.
0: to be. Right. right. Yep. I was going to add on because they, they also are like, men are incompetent in the ways of resistance <laughs> and yeah dealing with their own sexuality.
1: I, mm-hmm. I would also just kind of off topic, but I just want to say that also living in a world where some we' in in more than one relationship, somebody has asked me to initiate more. The other side of that story is they initiate so much. It doesn't leave space <laughs> for anybody else to initiate. And they're like, why don't you initiate? And I'm like, be- I don't have to. Because uh-huh. yeah. you never- you're
0: horny every 40 seconds.
1: Because, <laughs> <right>? Like, <laughs> if you want me to initiate, you have to chill out long enough for me to be like, mm, okay, let's do this now. And then initiate. And then there were two times in the last relationship where this happened, two, where I was like, oh, I can initiate now. And both times he was like, I don't feel like it.
3: Yeah. Well, and your initiation yep. looks, di- looks different than his initiation, right? Like, because of spontaneous arousal versus the other one that I can never remember. Responsive. Responsive. Thank you. Right? Like, yeah. my, uh, like, being like, hey, I wonder if, huh, is different than his. So, I've yeah. probably been initiating the whole time, Mr. I don't know who I'm yelling at. I'm <laughs> yelling at a pretend person. I also said something disparaging about boys earlier, and I don't want it tied back to my husband, meaning that is not from direct experience. And I don't know what it is or what I said, but I put a pin in it and then I promptly forgot about it.
0: If they've been listening to the podcast, we know your husband's top tier.
3: Yeah. Good, <laughs> good, 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 good. good. As is mine. I hope, I hope. My, mine's not a sex god, but he is a really good singer. So it's private. What? Shut up. It's private.
0: <laughs> That's disparaging. Uh, Phoenix, did you get the rose talk?
3: I oh, did. Oh,
2: yes. Oh, yeah. You are a flower passed around and you don't want to be crumpled up when you get to your husband. And oh, Who's i going to want a flower now. When I was given my promise, ring, it was a red stone. And I was given the talk of, let this be a reminder. Look down at your finger that this is a stop sign. And also look down and remember the blood of Jesus.
3: Oh my God. Wow, 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 wow. I
2: still have this ring. I don't wear it, but I still have this ring
3: oh my goodness i thought that oh, they were going to talk about oh menstrual man. blood or something no, that so. was my sex talk. <laughs> i would have preferred that mm. in the
2: blood of christ i remember too like even like i was so grateful to have like a mom who was like okay with tampons and like that might be crazy but like in the evangelical world that's a thing like mm-hmm. anything oh going God. up there is losing yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and my We've mom was like some- some people that are so religious that they don't wear tampons because they think it's yes. penetration and it's
2: like 100%. Sex. A million percent, Casey. Oh yeah. yeah. A million I, percent.
3: I have to leave the <laughs> planet. Let that
2: sink in. I, I literally, like, no I was like, I was the underground railroad of tampons in the Christian world. I was like, let me teach you. Take, I'll buy more let me show you you can go to that pool party girlfriend (laughs) i've got you wow i at least had that going for me but like even then like there was just zero talk zero talk about anything other than look at that red stone on your finger and it's a stop sign and it's the blood of Jesus.
3: Yeah, but like where's the intersection and how fast are you going? Like they didn't give you any other traffic instructions at all. <laughs> no, just
2: stop
0: This, is, this is unsound driving advice. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's, the, it's
3: literally the worst. Like it's, it
5: really is. A, it's, I have religious trauma, uh, but I, I did have parents that spoke to me about sex. And so I'm really grateful for that. I don't know what I would have done had I not had that even that small of a roadmap, like, uh, my heart really does go out to you and, and, and anybody in that situation, because that's, I know so many, I mean, this is the weird thing is, this is not a singular story. This is so many people's story. And it's so many women's story. Because again, I think even the most religious boys out there, Their dad at some point leans over and talks about a playboy or, or talks about masturbation in general. No, I know that my parents talked to me about sex. Not one person said one thing to me about masturbation. And so every single time it happened, I literally just prayed for forgiveness afterwards because I was like, oh, I know I just did something really wrong. And then I felt gross and I felt like scared to be like around my family. I was like, my parents are going to know, like, it's going to be like written all <laughs> over me, like a scarlet letter. And that's like the lack of knowledge and the lack of educating your children really sets them up for, in my opinion, sets them up for a rough road when, 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 when when it even is the right time to have sex, like let's say you do follow all of the rules and, and you wait till the day that you get married to have sex. Do you think you're going to have a good sex life if you know nothing about it? Like that, that's, that's the most unrealistic. But that's what they sell you. They you're sell you. Right. No, 100%. Yep.
2: And and I will say, and and I have to give it this. If two people grew up in a box and had no outside, they had no screens, no, magazines, no stories, no internet, no everything. They're just two people grow up in a box and they get to explore their sexuality together. That's a beautiful idea. A hundred percent. I'm here for that. I don't want to, I'm not going to make anyone grow up in a box, but I'm just saying, I feel like that's what Christianity tries to sell is that two people have nothing and no knowledge and no preconceived ideas. And they're just going to go into marriage and it's going to be this beautiful moment and they're gonna learn melding together and melding souls. and growing their sexuality but that's not realistic especially it's in the awkward date. and
1: dry well and someone's
2: gonna know something the other one doesn't know yeah from a movie from a story mm-hmm. from a friend from or someone's gonna have a
5: kink and since they were four and go i don't know where this fits into any of this shit so <laughs> and that's where i, I just feel like
2: uh, That's where I feel like it's, I mean, so many ways the church lets us down in this world, but that's where I feel like there's never been an open conversation and why I was like, so like apt to like, I want to be on this because I am trying to grow from my experience. I'm trying to learn and you guys have created such a comfortable platform of literally just talking about your kinks, talking about your sex life. And it's so amazing. And it's so needed, especially from the world I grew up in, because no one in my world does it. And someone needs to hear somebody making it okay. And someone needs to hear someone going, yeah, and I have a job and I'm like a normal person, but I also want to do X, Y, and Z. And it's cool.
3: Thank you for one feeling like this is a safe environment because that's what we've been fostering so, so aggressively, violently fostering safety and comfort. I sincerely hope that there are people that there's some 14 year old girl who's like, Oh my gosh, there's this podcast called talk dirty to me. (laughs) And then they end up listening to it and learning and then having amazing sex their whole life. Yeah. When there are old I when prop- they're ready for it when they're ready for it there it when is they're no ready proper age, it. just when they're ready right and wh- that was my
5: my one fear is when we had decided to call this talk dirty to me I thought oh it's gonna like it sounds like all we're talking about on here is like dirty things when I think that's kind of the beauty of it is this is dirty Th- this is dirty to a lot of people out there but the beauty of it is that it shouldn't be, uh, at least I don't think it should be, especially when the majority of us here are coupled, we are with somebody and like, it, whether you are or not, because I certainly don't feel like you have to be married when you have sex. In fact,
1: that for, I don't think that, that was that for all. me, everybody. No. Stephanie said
5: that for me. <laughs> no, no, I, I was actually backtracking because I don't want anyone out there thinking I'm on the side of like, you should only have this with someone you love. I think you can have excellent sex with someone that you don't love. But the point of it is, is that we are having conversations that I've come across with so many other people who they feel like they're the only ones that have experienced that. And there's a whole vast world of people out there experiencing the same thing and feeling lonely and feeling um, like they don't know where to turn or they don't know what to do or how to bring it up to their spouse because there also is the Christian couple out there who's 22, who they, they get married right out of college. Uh, and, and they do want to make it work, but they're stuck and they don't know what to do. And, and if they try something outside the box, is that a sin? And I, I, I think that that's why I still try to be careful of like, of like, um, bashing the hell out of church because it, it is a lot of my roots and it, and and, and I also know the people that are there and, and so many of them are really lovely and I deserve to have a wonderful sex life that's all I'll say and that's, um, my
2: that's my thing is I'm like and I think that's why I asked for my an, anonymity
3: anonymity anonymity
2: is because I definitely have a lot of um, close people in my life in that world and I am the one that no, I'm, I'm the crazy liberal one <laughs> But I also, at the same time, I want to find a way, even though I've kind of walked away from that world, like how do I... All in all, that's why I wanted to share my story, was there's that girl that is looking for podcasts, that is looking for someone with her story, that's looking for someone saying, I didn't know you could orgasm until I was 18 years old, that's looking for someone saying... I still can't fantasize and I feel like I'm broken and I feel like something's wrong with me because I can't get turned on by just thinking about something else. Or if I do, it's over and I can't transition that into the bedroom. Like I am that person that's like walking through my sexual journey from such strict sexual ideologies growing up. And I I just want them to know, I mean, like, and I'll say this out loud like I can't wait for the day to be like I I don't think my mom's ever had a vibrator in her life and I'm like how do I bring that up one day like I want to bring that up one day I don't know how to bring that up one day
3: perfect time
2: (laughs) 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 but it's just something as simple as that of like like there is this even like let's paint this picture within the church evangelical world of like you're supposed to be this lion sex goddess when you get married because that's what they tell you like every you can't have sex before you get married but when you get married just like everything's gonna be great and you're just gonna like ah uh, like wear the things and do the stuff and be this like goddess <laughs> like. That's what they just sell you, right? Like it's everything. True, yeah. else. It's if you true. wait, it's going to be worth it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't even know vibrators were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> until after I got with my husband. Like, I just want to be like, okay, but like, y'all know there are things you can use to help you. There are things that, even in the marital bed, most women need clitoral stimulation, Stim- stimulation, stimulation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. To achieve orgasm, like something that even see a lion in the bedroom, never talked about sex toys. Why aren't we talking about sex toys in church? Right. In in the women's conference setting, it's all women. Men aren't there. How is that never brought up?
5: Not to mention, there's a huge percentage of women whose bodies cannot have an orgasm with just a a male... Yeah, a penis inside of them. They need something else. Why is that not talked about? Talk about a husband feeling like he's letting their spouse down every single time when really she's going, oh, this my body is, this isn't, uh, you're not doing it right for me. I mean, you're doing it the way that uh novice books on sex say to do it but like sex is so many different things and achieving an orgasm means so many different things for so many different people and it looks different for different people and um I I did want to ask Phoenix did you so you didn't buy a toy the first time you went
3: did you go back and buy a toy
5: yeah did you ever go back at the apple store
2: no, he, he bought me a toy online afterwards. So we leave the Apple store of sex toys. We don't buy anything. Cause he's like, I don't, you know, I, I just needed to bring her here to like open this world. He buys me a sex toy. It gets delivered to his house. The next time I come to visit, he gives it, he gives it to me. Like in the box. In the box. And he says, I want you to, and we weren't, I was living in a different city at the time. He was like, I'm not opening this. We're not opening this. I want you to take this home and I want you to use it, not use it, throw it away. I mean, he was just so perfect about it. Knowing my upbringing and I went home and I, I feel like I kind of achieved like a shitty one by myself (laughs) with the prop with the toy. Um,
0: but there's no way
2: like in a sexual encounter in that place in my life, I would have ever been like, bring it on. Yeah. Open the box. Like he was so smart to be like, we're not opening it. I'm sitting at home with you, throw it away. I don't care. And I took it home and I, so I guess yes, my first orgasm was by myself, but with assistance, but with assistance, I didn't know existed. But when was your
3: first, like, (sighs) orgasm and did it blow your mind and vagina that's putting too much pressure on an orgasm smc oh no 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 i i i i feel like um or was it like a slowly building like the you your first orgasm was like shitty orgasm it was shitty being not an operative word in or- orgasming but like it, it it got better and better each time like tell me the journey of the orgasm
2: yeah no definitely it's gotten better over the years like that first time with a partner it was just kind of like you know you're going up with the mountain Uh and then I I I feel like the best way to explain it is like I got to the the tip of the mountain and like just took a step over and then got just so excited (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it happened <laughs> but like nothing else could happen like it was the journey's over at that point. <laughs> that, oh, this is achievable with another human being Yay. <laughs> so so my mind just went like out from there um so no it's definitely grown since then and like but it's it's still something that i like google in my early 30s of like Mm-hmm. how to make this better how like because there there is this there is this thing built into you growing up the way we did of like oh i i, I still feel like i'm not experiencing things the way i should i still have this guilt of you aren't oh you aren't experiencing experiencing sex in its fullness you aren't experiencing yourself in its fullness because you're still guarded you're still locked off even though I've walked away from that.
3: All media is a lying liar about that anyway. I was finally watching some Passion Flicks, which was my homework from I'm pretty sure episode one or two. And this there was this like beautiful movie. It happens in like 90% of these movies on Passion Flicks. There's that moment where the, the gentleman and the lady are making of the love, and he is kissing <laughs> on her neck, and then he like kisses all the way down to go to downtown on her. And her like <laughs> Her back does like a yoga move that Casey probably knows, like a whole inverted like she inverts, I don't know how, but she like rises like she's getting like Kali Mod, like her heart is being removed from her chest. Like the oh, second, she needs an
1: exorcism. She's
3: filled yes, with a sex
1: demon. Yes, okay. And the like, vagina just rises to meet his mouth.
3: The the second the second that it is clear, the second that his mouth descends upon her in even the merest of breath, she is like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah 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 and you're like is this what it's telling me this should feel like right man. that's not not bad mm-hmm. bad advertising passion flicks like i get you're mm-hmm. you're getting better at like showing like oh this is how a woman gets turned on versus how a man gets turned on but that's not accurate either and it's making me feel bad you fuckers yeah mm-hmm. yeah and also um, i'd like to say for the record and then i promise mm-hmm. i'll shut up Uh, when I said earlier that Brian was a good singer, I now realize that we were correlating his ability to sing with the instrumentation prowess of Phoenix's rock God husband. And I would like to say for the record that in the analogy, my husband is a multi-instrumentalist. There. Okay. Now I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Okay.
5: Great. Each each episode, SMC's given us just a little bit more. A little bit, bit more. Less, a little privacy. Privacy.
1: I know it's great. I, no, I'm i so true. here for it. No, that's still private she You gave don't us a know- graphic
0: <laughs> description of her orgasms earlier.
1: Did I? Uh-huh. true. How? No. I mean, was it like don't, was it with t- 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 and then an she'll explosion? Make it. It- don't that's bring not, it up or she'll make us edit it out. That's yeah, not that's,
3: that's not my orgasm. Sh- you don't know me. are <laughs> private. They're
1: private. Do you guys remember in high school when you heard that if you had sex with lots of different men, your vagina would get loose? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the no, name, right?
2: because we didn't have sex with lots of men, so that was. But never like, up. if
1: you were a slut, <laughs> you were loose. You were yeah, loose, and I then sex that. wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what is that's just like patriarchy to the max because but but you can you can get married to a man and have sex thousands of times and your vagina will remain intact and very tight Mm
3: -hmm. what kind of garbage is that unless you're thinking whorish thoughts and then it gets loose
2: what was your intent is what she's asking were you in a good relationship, or were you in a sinful relationship? Because one opens your vagina more than the other, apparently. Oh yes. my goodness!
1: I just wanted to say that for any other young women out there who are repeating that hypocrisy around school, thinking that their vagina is going to be ruined if they have sex with multiple people. From um, someone who has
2: children, and from a uh, someone who's married to a man who has sex with who has had sex with women who has had children and not had children. That's the only difference. It's not if you've had sex before. Have you pushed a baby out there before? That's the only difference I've ever heard.
1: My other thing I wanted to say in regards to waiting until you meet the right one is that I think there's, myself included, many people who haven't had experiences of being in a relationship with someone and it being great and you waiting a long time to do something and then you do that thing. And um, you're just incompatible. Right? You're incompatible, not only just because you're incompatible, but also there's like, there's DNA and hormonal and physical things happening inside your body that allow you to couple well and not couple well with someone. So sometimes you get to that state and there are natural, normal things that occur that repel two people because they wouldn't make good babies together. So waiting till you get married... To have your, uh, to have your ev- evolutionary, what's the word I want? To have your like...
0: Biological imperative. Your
1: biological, thank you. To have your biological imperative tell you that this is not the one is tragic.
5: Oh, it's a big old risk. Like that's like, like, yeah, that's a risky little game.
0: This is why I think we should stop calling... The sex that church peddles vanilla, it should be a kink, because it sounds kinky. It sounds Mm -hmm, it does. Monogamy should be a kink, Mm -hmm. waiting forever into the corner, and then like taking a guess on two people having sex with each other. That's some kinky shit. That's wild. That's that's sex with strangers in the park.
2: I I just want to comment on that. Of like, I totally hear you. Feel you. Love it. Oh my god. When I first when I was going through that journey of like having sex with my husband for the first time, who wasn't my husband at the time. And it was the first time I had had a sexual encounter that my gut soul, I don't know what you want to call it. Didn't feel bad about, I don't know how to explain that from someone who has quote unquote deconstructed from someone who has quote unquote, like not walked away from spirituality. I still am very much a spiritual person, but from the evangelical church for sure There is something that, especially being brought up the way I was, there, I don't know how to make this sound not cheesy. He was the first person I just had this, like, soul connection. Oh, like, I felt good with. I felt not, like, this felt right with. Yeah. And other times had felt good physically, but I would always feel bad mentally. And he was the first person that didn't feel bad, even pre-marriage, in my gut. And at that time I was still leading worship and like very much in the church. And I remember having lunch with a friend being like, I don't know what to do with this. Every other sexual encounter I've ever had in my life, I have felt guilty about. It felt good in the moment, but I always leave feeling guilty about it. I wake up the next day feeling guilty about it. And this is the first time I don't feel guilty about it. And I'm not married. What is that? I don't, I'm, my mind's blown.
0: This is, that's my whole church journey. Cause I was I'm queer and so my sex struggle when I was going through church was like I want to suck dicks and, and <laughs> like I there's you don't there's no way to say okay. any of that <laughs> oh, in
2: Koja the church there's no yeah, level of that being okay
0: I was like nope. no don't don't go it, it being <laughs> yeah being queer a black man in the church that's a, the lead worship musician like can't do it what I, what I realized is a journey that I went on for a long time is like transitioning from every sexual desire that I have being challenged by the word of God to I'm allowed to be present here and enjoy what's happening. Because it, it, it was always a battle of like, this moment feels good enough that I can turn off all of the church stuff. But as soon as I climax or the moment is over, this is the church stuff has been screaming the whole time. And so then I'm, then I got the whole rest of the day, the week for me, it was, I need to run back to some type of sexual experience so that I can silence this guilt. Um, and I need it to be silenced so that I can perform church later <laughs> because I'm, i was deep in it. I was like the half of me that was like the church part of me was trying to pay for all of the horny stuff I was doing. So I was like, be a youth pastor, teach youth camps, do all these things. And so uh, the, what I, what I realized is like, why that feels so good to make that soul connection, to be like, I am here, present, enjoying this because this is a beautiful thing that human beings should be doing. And, and it is holy. God intended it to be this way, built my body this way to feel these way about these things when they enter into my soul and connecting with a yeah. person that way. Yeah. It's fucking God is great. God such
1: a slut, y'all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if God wasn't a slut, he wouldn't make so many goddamn things feel good. Okay. Listen to me. Yeah.
1: God knows. God's leg, like, guys, I'm going to give you some holes. And they're going to be awesome.
0: And like a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. And that's this is why I like music so much, because it was one of the only things that competed with horny, which is why I've always made the com- conclusion. I was like, this really has to be about connection and expression and all of that, because I can play piano enough to like uh, satisfy myself. And that was one of the things that started making me exit and being like, because all the biblical stuff about why not to do this is wrong.
2: Can I tell you my mind blowing experience of that? Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up, I'm a musician and I grew up very much in that world. And I grew up very much where like the music portion of church was where you were emotional, where you could let go, where you could physically um, cry, lift your hands, jump, clap, move your body, release things that now I know are just, things your body needs to do but the first thing that blew my fucking mind was i was in an acting class and this is going to sound absolutely insane and stephanie knows what i'm talking about i was in an acting class and we had this she was there we had this crazy night called dancing Your underpants night now i was not in a bra and panties it was think um with tom cruise and a
5: like giant t-shirt it was basically just wear clothes where your body can move
2: yeah but like you're not in jeans, you know, like you're a little bit like, you know, uh, and Just pick whatever, business. yeah. Risky business thank you. <laughs> Pick whatever song you want and you get in front of your class. And this was like a year long intensive. So you're in front of people you've been around all year. You get up in front of the class and the song you picked plays and you're supposed to dance like no one's watching. And the coach is going to make you continue to play the song. Until she feels like, till they feel like, till he feels like, you legitimately are moving and have let go in a way that no one's watching. And I knew this night was coming. I come prepared. I have a jam. I'm like, yes, I have a button up for my now husband. I'm like, yes. And I get in front and I do the experiment, the exercise, and I sit down. I can't stop crying for like three hours. Because it was the first time in my life that I ever had an, um, like an emotional, spiritual encounter, uh, moment. Experience. experience, thank you. That wasn't at an altar. And it blew my fucking mind.
5: And it was so interesting to watch as an outsider because I did not know Phoenix very well at this point. I mean, we knew each other for sure, but we were really new in a friendship and everybody picked when the song they told you to pick was the song that like, what is the song that pumps you up? What is your, what is the song that just like, it comes on and you can't not move your body. And so you watch person after person go up and there is a little bit of nervousness of just acting silly. Like it's not good dance moves. It's literally like jumping around and just feeling everything with, with the, the song.
2: Brush, you know. And
5: so you've seen people go up and it is pure elation. It is it was like watching something overcome somebody. And it wasn't until learning about her later on that I really understood that moment to be something so much more for her. And it was really, it's really one of my favorite memories looking back of that that particular acting experience because it wasn't always great. Um, That was something where I watched a person who's Used, used to being really perfect and good at everything and she was great at this too but i watched her let go and not give a flying fuck uh, about what anybody thought of her or it just felt good to her from head to toe felt good and and it was an emotional journey for her and and um a really beautiful one to watch
0: this, this is perfect because one of the, one <laughs> of the things I wanted to say to you earlier, um, cause you were talking about like going on your journey and transitioning from, um, like, how do I fantasize? How do I get past this block? And I was trying to do the same thing and I was going about it, at least for me, I think it's gonna work the same for you because you're a musician and you might get it,
2: Please, but I was him. going
0: about it backwards, trying to do that. But can y'all hear this?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So you've grown up the whole time with the tools. To let your body experience like all of those fantasies the whole time.
2: Oh, I've led congregations to do that.
0: <laughs> and so the whole the whole process of like fantasizing, enjoying your enjoying being present, like all of the ways that you can explore, it is all the same mechanisms of leading worship and being in worship in general. Like you can have sex, like and j- d- putting those two together for me where I was like, Oh, it's all the same thing where literally like I am going through all of the same processes of intercessory prayer and worshiping and leading worship and letting myself go to the like, hands of God and the Holy Ghost while I'm eating somebody out <laughs> came changing. Okay.
2: But it's all spiritual. It's all coming from that same. Sorry. same
1: <laughs> place. Yeah. We got you, girl. We got you.
0: <laughs> I have, I have musically pushed people to changing their lives over and over and over and over and over. And like, I know, I know it scientifically and emotionally, and I just wasn't applying the same thing to myself because the church said for so long, this is a form of connection you're not allowed to have with people. This is not a form yeah. of connection you're allowed to experience, which really was just old men trying to deal with their own horny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And like, just it didn't make sense but it was like if if i think about one biblically it doesn't make sense there's no like biblical standpoint for all this and if i think about like everything good that i got from going from church the relationship that i grew up and fostered and worked on spiritually there is no way that that god does not want to be having the sex i'm having now <laughs> yeah there's no there's no way seriously they were they have to be up there being like what the fuck have you been waiting for you're yeah. just sitting here not doing butt stuff the whole time. What do you think I gave you a butt for?
3: Yeah,
1: 100%. <laughs> can
0: we go back to orgasms for a minute?
1: <laughs> hey, great.
3: Good segue. I have I have many different kinds of them, and I'm not going to tell you about any of them because it's private.
1: <laughs> okay, great. So when you, you were finally able to have orgasms, can you have um, internal orgasms?
2: Can you clarify that question?
1: Uh, from, <laughs> pen- from penetration.
2: No, I have never just had a penis in vagina no clitoral thing happening orgasm no
3: on the movies i've watched when the man inserts his penis into your vagina you're supposed to have an exorcism yeah yeah
2: no but can i just also Mm -hmm. say like when the movies show childbirth it's nothing like childbirth from someone (laughs) who has two children three four five children i don't know we'll just find out how many children i have at the end of this um no it's not a thing it's not real life, and and and, mm-hmm. and after having kids, I kind of equated it to that. Like, oh, well, of course they're implementing fast tracking this process because mm-hmm. we don't have enough time to show you the reality of it.
1: In this but, ni- in this ninety minute film.
0: Yeah, also so, people would stop having babies. <laughs> <laughs> A lot
1: of people. Fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Real life. All of it. All of it. All of it.
1: But um, yeah, no. no. Mm-mm.
2: That sounds great.
1: I'm yeah, broke. I agree. You know, I spent a long Tips? time thinking that I, I, I spent a long time thinking that I was broken because I can't do that, and I was, you know, society sh- shows you that that's exactly all that sex is because it's all like in movies, all you see is a, a man going into a woman and her writhing in pleasure, and then everybody orgasming me at the same time. So I, you know, even though I think I, I hadn't been affected by porn and and sex and films and stuff, it took me till now, thirty nine, to be like, oh. I totally was. I spent a long time thinking that I was broken and I had a problem and only recently was like, oh, no, no, what's going on is by and large, men are very bad at sex and foreplay and have no idea how women's bodies work. And my body is totally normal. And this is normal. And men are bad at sex and don't care.
0: You were saying that you're at the beginning of exploring the journey of your sex hawk and fantasies and things that you want. Anything looking sparkly to you, Phoenix? that you want to try out or have thought about trying out because I I also consider myself like a pink whisperer. I feel pretty good about like guessing what people would be into. So I would like to see if my inside thoughts were right.
2: Uh, Tell me any inside thoughts you have. I mean, me and a therapist have talked multiple times of like, even like I've been open to my husband with like, Oh, the first time I experienced getting wet or the first time, like I, you know, like the first couple stories I read that like are still in my brain. Cause it was that like first sexual, like, manifestation that happened in my life when I've tried to like implement that into the bedroom I I do still feel so broken of like um, not being able to do that and he's tried so hard to like be so sweet of like I, I mean he even jokes at some point he's like I'm sorry but like how like I almost feel like it's not okay that you don't think about anything that you have to just go inside. And I totally feel that. And I am struggling with trying to break outside of that. And even like, again, talk to therapists about it. But like, he's like, I mean, like, you don't think about anything. I'm like, no, because that was the only way I told was okay to have a sexual feeling.
1: And I might be, this might be hundred percent wrong. So t- you can tell me if I'm wrong, but okay. I took a Tantra course at one point with this lovely woman who was, very good at tantra and sex and things and being open and being comfortable and i took this course by myself and one of the things i remember from her course was um her work with people to get to a place of to being able to have sexual pleasure and orgasms without fantasizing about something else outside of being with yourself and going inside and being and just allowing the feelings to happen to be well i'm there (laughs) yeah i'm that's what i'm saying like (laughs) you might have like skipped five steps and like the fact that you don't have to think about like two guys kissing or two girls kissing or like whatever it is that people fantasize about you don't have to have that to to help you climax or whatever you're already just in the moment i wouldn't call you i wouldn't by any means say that you're going inside in like an empty fashion Mm -mm. um like think of your cup is already overflowing because that's magical and there's a lot of people that can't do that. And I remember one of the things she said that I to this day still try to do she's like, instead of, you know, going to that place that you always go in order to start imagining like you're being fucked by a star or whatever, like just like the most a, amazing. Uh, the star in the sky, the cosmic, like cosmic leg of a star is coming down and entering you and filling you with like erotic energy. And it's amazing. And I would love to be able to do that. I think that sounds magical. Um, so I think you're just like way closer to being able to be fucked by a star than, than most other people.
2: (laughs) I've never heard that perspective at all. And I'm like holding back tears and thank you so much from someone who thinks she's broken. That's (laughs) such a different, beautiful, um, and that's why I've just been like, so as a friend of, of, of Stephanie is just so like.
5: Phoenix is actually the first person I told about my kink. And as someone who looked up to her in the evangelical world and, and, and I was nervous and talk about true Christian style, like just the uh, true embodiment of loving and accepting and like on board to like help me research and like so kind and i didn't feel alone in that moment and and it was so loving so um that's why i can't cross christians out because at the end of the day what we are taught if if you do take anything away from the teachings of jesus or whatever is that you aren't supposed to judge anybody and you're supposed to love everybody for who they are and that's something she does wholly inside and out
3: I, I have met many wonderful followers of Christ who have been such a wonderful example about that exact thing, like the, the people that get it on that level, get it on that level and are... The most inspiring people, like like anyone in any spiritual practice, that gets mm-hmm. there, you know, there's in in any different flavor of religion or spiritual practice, there's always people that are like, <laughs> and then there's people that are <laughs> quietly being badass. But I I will say, Phoenix, the reason that I mentioned books is because in. Not to go into too much detail because it is private, but in a lot of my recovery as a human being and as a sexual being, reading books and reading other people's stories, not necessarily to get turned on, just to experience other human beings being sexual and it not being a traumatic experience was incredibly healing to me. To just be like, oh, I'm not exactly what you're articulating. I'm not alone it's safe and okay to be a sexual creature. It's not threatening. And so I'm going to send you a book recommendation and it's just like a lovely YA book, but I, I was thinking about it while you were talking and I'm, I'm a book whisperer. I don't really think I am, but I wanted to say that I was a whisperer. So Tosin, what was your kink whispering?
2: Yeah. Tell me, tell me anything. I
0: I want to know. I have a clarification question that I need. Um, You mentioned that when you have an idea or a fantasy that you want to take into the bedroom and then you go to try to take it in the bedroom and then you said you can't implement it Mm -hmm. or what is happening in the can't implement?
2: Uh, I guess if you were to just make it as simple as possible, like in reading it, I could get turned on and implementing it in the bedroom. I'm not
0: turned on. Got it. I think that's Um, normal
2: and
1: reasonable
0: is the thing that you were trying to implement a scenario or a sex act.
2: Scenario.
0: Okay. If you don't mind, can you tell me what the scenario was?
2: I was like in a dressing room about to go on stage. A guy comes in and I'm about to be like the lead in something. Like I'm about to be in charge. And then he comes in and is in charge, but not in like any kind.
1: Like in a dominant, we're going to do this and we both like it way. And he takes charge and leads the way.
2: Yes. And I have an amazing partner who has so gracefully tried to do those things. And in the moment, it just doesn't translate to the physical
0: things that reading does got it so that, th- that the the umbrella of that is called is a power exchange thing right okay. you're if you're reading it and enjoying it you're viewing that the person who's the top and the dominant there as someone who has enough control of the situation that you're going to be safe fine and they know pleasure wise and it's always and it sounds like you're slightly into um dubious and reluctant consent right So the situation does not lend itself for like, this is a sexy time thing. You're about to go on stage. This is not normally something. My car
2: is broken down.
0: Yeah. This is not, this is not a situation that is sexy, but someone has come along that is, you know, in charge and you can feel that they desire you at the time and are correctly leading you to the point of where you do feel like having sex. Probably what is happening in the, in the bedroom thing is that is a lot of responsibility and practice on the person who is the dom at the time. So I am don't know your husband's kink history, um, but that my, here are my two suggestions. Okay. You should r- literally write out th- like make a script the whole nine yards of like what would be sexy one. The act of doing this is hot. So like you and your husband be like, let's try this out. And for example, one of the one of my partners that I have now that I've been with for a while, we both come from religious trauma. We are turned on by religious kinks um, and I do rope bondage. So we spent a lot of time planning the scene to do this where um, <clears throat> they're a nun and they're going to uh, be sent to like a place to do a missionary place that is very, and like all of this we wrote up together. It was like, they're going to be sent to a place that's like really hard and difficult. Hold on one second. Before I continue, there are a couple of people here with religious trauma. Should I not tell this story?
5: You, you can do. I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm oh, cool. good.
0: Stephanie, you're good?
5: I'm so good. I'm listening. I just was bringing my phone with me.
0: So uh, there are none. They're about to go into like a third world country where it's very dangerous to do that. And they could be put in bad situations. So they send me someone that doesn't qualify to be a pastor because of my history. And sometimes I, my urges are get the best of me and I go too far. Um, and, but I'm sent to train these nuns because they're going to be put in situations that are like dangerous and difficult and they need to be to have the resolve to continue to serve God. We talked about this whole thing and the writing of it was like really good. And then because we spent so much time talking about it and understanding the world we're going to be in and we're both performers and are good with improvising and coming up with things in the scene and we we knew the bounds so well, it was a lot easier to be like, get to the feeling that we want. Because I think a lot of things that happen when you're trying to do role play stuff is, especially if you have a performance background (laughs) where it's like, am I doing the performing well? which turns off the sex brain. It's like, as a worship leader, if I'm supposed to be doing something correctly, performance-wise, that's a whole different brain than the -the in-the-zone brain that comes from altar calling and worshiping. So I have to pick the two. I'm either rehearsing the really hard number that this person's going to sing with the 35 chords that I don't know, or I am lost in the spirit, right? And role-play sex is the same, right? If you go in a role-play situation and you haven't practiced it and know it, your brain's doing chord math, instead of being lost in it
2: i've never heard it spoken that way and that hits me in a way i've never heard thank you keep going
0: that's my suggestion (laughs) for the transfer is rehearse and then you can play and have fun
2: but you Uh, rehearse enough to be able to
0: yeah like
1: if it's like if you write it like and do what he says and it doesn't work the first time don't give up and be like well that didn't work like do it again Mm -hmm. in a week do it again again in a week until you're like comfortable with it and it's not a thing that like makes you uncomfortable or feels weird just like acting
3: yes phoenix that's exactly correct the first time you tried to play a song you did not play it well right you but you made it through and you learned something you have to keep practicing until your fingers get calluses on them
0: diff. Is gonna give me great joy to do because I'm gonna use a gospel song to describe You the- better play, brother. You better play. <laughs> one of play. my favorite, one of one of the biggest lessons I had to learn about kinks. So really enjoying your kinks is about the details. The same way the difference between white Christian music and Pentecostal and Kojic music is. Mm. <laughs> right. So here's how great is our God in its most basic version. <laughs> is our God. Disney, how great Stephanie,
2: this is what you know.
0: Is our God. <laughs> oh, we'll see how great. How great is our God. Right? So in the kink relations, that is saying, you know, I'm into the, the, a guy that knows what he wants, and he comes in, and, like, it's dubious, and, and then it's like it can feel that he's taken over. Right? That's, it, it's vague. It has the framework. It's the four chords. It's the right lyrics. But the difference between that and um, don't fight me, pedal. We're doing cool things right now. The difference between how great is our God, how great is our God, It's all the same steps right and there's different there's all types of things you can do for reharmonizing all that right great how great is our god sing with me our come god. on stay
2: with me we're gonna stay right here
0: exactly so all of those details that you've worked on in practice that like your whole zone system knows how to get to right that's like oh you know i know this turn i know this this feeling to get there if you're not specific and you're trying to explain to a new musician all of that, right? If you tell them, you know, it's a one, six, four, five in D flat, that is not the same as like, well, we actually do this breakdown. That's two, three, four into this fifth thing. And then we kind of vamp on this B flat thing. You need all of those was, details. just like watch
2: them and you're going to sit there and we make it cut to drums, but like watch this person. But like
0: all of those details that you get for building altar calls, for building church services things you have to do for role play things. You can't walk into a role play king situation and be like, it's a one, four, six, one, six, four, five, and D flat. Not going to feel good. You got to be like, we're going to do this breakdown here. The drums are going to stop in this corner over here. And we're going to do that. That level of detail is required.
2: For y'all who don't know, it's okay. But for everyone who does, they're just crying right now. And it's good. It's fine. It's good. Just, it, this makes so much sense. If you know.
3: If you know, you know, you know. Mind blowing and amazing. And
2: I want to pay all of you like what I pay my therapist because I've gotten more out of this hour than.
3: Which reminds me, those of you that are enjoying this podcast offering, we do have a Patreon, a Patreon where you can patronize us for for patroning
0: That was the sexiest Patreon segue I've ever heard.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a a little renegade films on patreon you can also make a one-time donation through the website at littlerenegadefilms.com and your donation or patronage will go to producing more great podcasts and film art
3: that you such as talk dirty to me uh talk dirty to me which we're listening to right now the movie worthy woman which is about badass women in history being badass
1: uh bloodsuckers which is about vampires and sarah marie and i breaking down vampire films reviewing them and just being funny ladies together also we just got two thousand downloads on that this week and we are very happy about that we are celebrating and such as blood sisters which is a web series also about vampires it will be released soon now back
5: to your your regularly scheduled
1: text talk
5: and any, if any churches want us to come, we'll, we'll happily come and lead worship and talk to you about sex. So,
2: and thank you. You um, have spoken in such a way that is so beautiful from someone from that world of like
5: non-threatening,
2: non-pushing, like really just trying to make these um, connections in someone's brain of like beautiful ways that they would understand from someone. And and, and I, I love Casey and I, and I, I love Sarah Marie, but I, I could see in their faces like y'all just don't. Y'all were like,
1: No, <laughs> like, but, like." I was enjoying it, but it's okay that I wasn't on the same. But day. like, from
2: someone from our world, what just happened is more than you know, and is something that's never spoken about, and is something that is so perfect. That was dance in my underpants night. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Experiencing a spiritual encounter not in the church and going, Holy fuck, this, I don't have to go to the altar to feel this feeling. And then that just starts the journey of implementing that into your life. And the way Tosin just said that is just so beautiful of like expanding on that in other ways and just like using that feeling and not being afraid of that feeling. Cause I think that's what a lot of people do is like, Oh, if I think this is something that I feel in the church, I just have to shut it down. And then it shuts down their sexuality. It shuts down their brain. It shuts down their, their spirit, their soul. And what he's saying is these are the same things guys be okay with it. Love it. Push it, lean into that and know it's okay.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. For, for everybody listening, uh, Phoenix Rhodes is a pseudonym. Um, her identity is concealed because of the experience she had with one of her siblings and her parents. And I, I think that's an important story too. Would you, would it be okay to talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my parents were in leadership at a church, um, and I had a sibling make some decisions to be as vague as possible um and and my parents were okay with those decisions and the church was not it led to my parents being fired from their position at the church and and i think that also led to because it wasn't necessarily something completely sexual but it was um that was kind of in there but i think that also had a lot to do with my bringing up of like your actions not only affect yourself But your actions could also impact the people who you count on to bring food to the house. Um, What you do if, if they get fired directly impacts your livelihood in a way that I don't think a lot of Um, people in their teenage years exploring their sexuality necessarily has that kind of weight on them but if something came out my parents could potentially have gotten fired because of my sexual misconduct or my misconduct in general and um, that was just like a whole nother level of
1: man. that's like doubling down on like fear and like oh I can't
3: imagine both you and Stephanie have been it's I, I don't know if Casey feels this way, but as someone who wasn't brought up in the the church or in fundamentalism or in that level of oppression, to me, when I hear you say something like, I, I am scared of this getting out, I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's weird. I, re- I respect absolutely where you're coming from, but I can't sympathize with it at all. But when you illustrate it in that way it's like the deep levels of behavioral misconduct that has like real life non-monetary like not being able to bring
2: like we couldn't buy groceries for a couple months kind of thing like i needed new shoes and i couldn't i didn't get a yearbook when you're in high school because we didn't have the money like
1: just sort of put like in perspective how ridiculous this is if we can like remove this from the church for a minute and be like it is no different than if I, as a young teenager, went out and had sex with somebody and the word got out. And my dad that works at a technology company, they found out and his his boss at a technology company was like, we don't like your daughter's behavior. You're fired. It's insane. That's basically what happened. It's unacceptable. That's
2: exactly what happened. And so I think on top of all of the religious trauma, it also put this like incredibly more like even if you do try to explore, you do things, you have to hide it. And I was always living a double life and I was always like compartmentalizing different aspects of my life. And, and to this point, the reason why I'm still going under a pseudonym is I still respect people enough in my life, even though I've made choices to live a different way. I know the implications that um, words and actions have in that world. And I, I, I do still respect them enough that I don't want to infringe on their livelihood and potentially make them lose their job because of things that I have said. And so that's why I've chosen to under, under, under a pseudonym, the people in my life that are close to me know that I live my truth and I live my life and I'm open about it and I don't hide it, but it's just, I don't want um, it's not fair for the people that haven't chose the, my walk, to be impacted in a way so negatively.
5: I think I yes. think that's really beautiful. And even though I, I wasn't raised Pentecostal, I remember our Baptist church, we had an interim preacher, which is when they remove the preacher, they put a temporary for those who don't know a preacher in. And we were it was really vague. It just kinda happened one Sunday and then it got out that the reason our preacher left or was forced to leave was because of something his child did. It had nothing to do with the, I mean, I guess you can't say it had nothing to do with the pastor. Obviously, but they judge sure your, was, but they your judge ability
2: to pastor.
5: If you can't yeah. keep
2: your household following these rules, then how are you going to teach other people and expect yeah. other people to follow those rules? So we just have yeah. to get rid of you.
5: Don't cover your face. Phoenix Rose, that was like, I was such a joy. It went by so quickly because it was. You are. Thank you so much
1: for coming on and telling your story. Our goal on this podcast is to hopefully affect other people and to let them know that they're not alone and they're experiencing the same thing as everyone else, and that they're not broken and they're doing everything right. And your your vagina and your dick, it's functioning one hundred percent perfectly.
0: They both are. Thank you. And before you go, I also want to say thank you to you, Phoenix. Don't get, don't you cry, Toastin. Having that moment with you, I didn't, I had no idea who was even coming tonight. And that moment with you, like that worship leader connection and getting to talk about this specific thing healed a 11 year old Toastin, a 15 year old Toastin, a 20 year old tostin a 26 year old Toastin all at the same time. Cause it was like all, all of that <laughs> so that I could, that very specifically get to that point with somebody else truly worth it so thank you for that moment in my life I appreciate it
1: oh my goodness
2: thank you but to people who grew up the way we did that specific thing is like such a big thing and such something that we were taught we should strive for and build our lives to do and be in the epitome of like life's goals and um to move past that is um hard
1: yeah oh my god this is amazing and I'm I'm going to go ahead and messy mouth myself really quick because it's been on my mind since I said it. And if I offended anybody by saying that God is a reflection of who you are, I didn't mean that in a negative way at all. Uh, Hopefully in just a way that allows you like your idea of God to change as you grow and change. and That it allows you to feel free and beautiful and at peace and empowered. Like, I hope that's a God that everybody loves and has in their life. The, that is so oh, beautiful oh, and then the end
5: <laughs> i i i love how that's what you took back but not driving to every preacher's house and doming the <laughs> shit oh no, no i'm gonna spank the fuck
1: out
0: of them me, Just they're doing it anyway I've, uh, yeah, it in, the horny part, in the horny part of my life <laughs> been with a lot of church elders <laughs>
3: I'd like to point out that I watched I watched Stephanie play with her adorable kitty for like, I, I don't know how many minutes, but I didn't say a thing about it. And it was amazing. You did so good, SMC. Thank you. Did you. So good. I was trying to just keep him hidden. He was like meowing outside my door. Nope. I watched um, it. I watched it the whole time. I was listening. And I was, but I was also like, oh
5: my God, look at that. Look at that. It's purring so loud. I was like trying to look keep at the speaker pussy. away from me. Look yeah. at,
1: look at Stephanie putting that pussy. Oh right on camera. Right on camera. <laughs> All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are Little Renegade Films. This is Talk Turdy to Me. This has been Tosin Awu Feso, Sarah Marie Curry, Stephanie Phoenix Rhodes, and Casey Sammy E. Tune in next time. Go and and I guess until next time, be real sexy and love God.
0: And the whole church there. I just want I to make sure everybody goes him. home tonight, feeling full and complete with everything that this podcast has given you. Make let the Spirit guide you and lead you into the future, and know that you are loved, wanted, needed, and a dirty, dirty, dirty little person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bye talk dirty to me is a podcast by little renegade films it stars sarah marie curry casey sammy e casey
3: why don't you sound real sexy while you do it <laughs> do i no why don't you oh why don't yeah, i yeah like okay. you, re- you remember how you read your synopsis and yeah like, oh, you want me to do it like that yes okay uh, great <laughs> okay <laughs> genius uh-huh
1: <laughs> okay Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Sammy, e, Tosin alfeso and Stephanie Sloot. Mm. With silent contributions by Taylor Novak. Title and closing themes by Tosin alfeso Follow us on the social medias at Talk Dirty to Me Pod. And for more of our offerings, go to LittleRenegadeFilms.com. um uh.